Hey everyone, happy Saturday. It is the day after the last round one games, which I'll do a recap of, and we'll be talking about the Sunday round two games, but what a great day of basketball Friday had for us. Some really good games all the way through. Really, really loved. The most enjoyable game was the Davidson-Michigan State game. That was a fight to the end, an absolute war, and we'll start right away with the hand up takes. I was wrong in the 10-7 and 11-6 seed matchups for today. Those close lines had me bamboozled, led astray, run amok, and flat out deceived, as Stephen A. Smith would say. Starting off with this Davidson and Michigan State game. I really thought that Davidson would pull through here. I had them plus one, which ends up actually pushing. I don't lose the bet. But the reason I'm wrong is because I've been looking at several of these games and the only hand up take I have is how I evaluated these seed games as compared to their lines. Davidson is an underdog by one point. At that point, I should have realized the whole public is on Davidson, pushing that line further out when really Michigan State should have been favored by more here. And given that the whole public was on Davidson for the upset here for the 10-7 seed, I should have had Michigan State. That is my bad on, on not analyzing that correctly. However, Davidson fights this till the end. There were a ton of really shitty ref calls here, and they somehow managed to cover. They were down by, I think, 12 points with a minute left, and they somehow managed to score 13 points in this last minute, with Michigan obviously getting some free throws in there. I mean, Davidson really showed a fight. It looked like they were going to have some miraculous comeback, like the Texas A&M 15 points in you know, whatever, however many uh, seconds or whatever it was several years ago. It really looked like that. Davidson just barely not able to pull through. Helps me push my initial bet, but doesn't doesn't cover, unfortunately. So that was a disappointing game to watch. Davidson didn't even shoot poor. They did really well statistics-wise, but unfortunately, they just didn't play with the grit that they needed to beat Michigan State. They didn't have enough shooting opportunities, a lot of turnovers, which really didn't help them. But they shot 40% from the three-point line and 50% from the field goal range. So I, I don't I don't blame it on them. They lose a couple of free throws. They were seven for 12, but you know it's not enough to really make too big of a difference, I don't think. If they make two or three, obviously they win the game, but it, you know it's all give and take. So just a really unfortunate loss for Davidson. Tom Izzo, that freaking rat, just somehow snakes his way through these games. I don't know how he does it. I don't know if he's paying refs for this or whatever, but he's going to lose next week to Duke. It's not even close. They probably lose double digits to Duke. Yeah, I'm not concerned. The next game, Ohio State, Loyola, Chicago. This was the worst game of the day. Not even close. The Super low scoring. I think it was the only game maybe that went under 100 points. The final score, 54-41. Loyola just really shits the bed here. I mean, Loyola scores no points throughout the game. Their best player, Lucas Williamson, was absolutely atrocious. Great on the defensive side of the ball. A lot of steals, a lot of forced turnovers, but on the offensive side, he's one of 10 field goal-wise, and he's one of five three-point-wise, one of six in terms of free throws. He gets a, a good amount of opportunities to get some points here and just doesn't doesn't make it happen. I mean, when your best player is so cold that you're not scoring anything with him and his final point total is four, you're not going to win this game. I mean, the only reason that they managed to get any points is because Braden Norris somehow comes out the cuts, hits four 
three-pointers, hits like two or three in a row, but then he gets cold and he shoots 11 total, and so he ends up with four out of 11 three-pointers, which isn't terrible, but it's not great either. So they shot very low percentages here. Ohio State, however, shot 7% from the three-point line. So this is very, very bad for Ohio State going up against a Villanova team, which is going to put a lot of inside pressure on them. Um, They were 1 of 15 in three-pointers. I mean, that's just embarrassing. But they looked good on every other end of the ball. They had a lot of rebounds. They were super big with points in the paint, able to take advantage of that, forcing turnovers. They looked good in that regard. But otherwise, both these teams look so bad. Worst game of the day. Of course, the Buckeyes would ruin that, but I should have had Ohio State. Everybody and their mother was on Loyola, and Loyola was somehow favored in this matchup. By only one point, though, it should have been more given the whole public was on it. So that was a very chalk bad pick of me. So my hand up on that one. Ohio State should have been the pick. Next one, Virginia Tech and Texas. Same thing here. The entire public was on Virginia Tech to beat Texas. And Texas, on paper, has been one of the best-looking teams in the country. I think that paper has finally transitioned to a reality. They looked great tonight on both ends of the ball. Chris Sims, Marcus Carr, all had very good games on both sides of the ball. Texas shoots 53% from the three-point line, 47% field goal-wise. And then, you know, they hit the free throws. What more can you ask? You know, they did really well on that side. They had a lot of turnovers that were forced. The only place they looked weight, they looked a little weak in the paint. Not a lot of points in the paint. It was very much a shooting game for them tonight. But, hey, if they can shoot like they did tonight, they, they may be able to pull off the upset. I don't think they do. I think they lose to Purdue. Purdue's defense is going to stop them from shooting. And if they can't get points in the paint, which they won't because of, you know, uh, Zach Eady, I think it's going to be a loss for Texas in the next round. But good for them. Should have had them winning. The whole public was on Virginia Tech. That was another stupid decision by me. Hand up. And then the final one, LSU and Iowa State. This to me was the most frustrating game. It wasn't the worst game to watch, but definitely the most frustrating game. LSU had so many opportunities to win this game. This Iowa State team is still very, very bad. And so I'm going to make this also kind of a B button take because Iowa State is bad. I'm not wrong about that. Where I was wrong was how LSU was going to handle this game. They walked into this game expecting to win. Expecting to win. Darius Days is the only person that gets any sort of good points here. They are 21% from the three-point range, just hitting wild shots you know, that they shouldn't have been shooting. And they don't have any good answer, I guess, to Iowa State's ramped-up adrenaline rush defense that they were playing, which they could have gotten a lot out of in terms of fouls if they just continued to work in the paint, but they didn't work in the paint. All of their points were in the paint, but they kept not taking advantage of the mismatch. Iowa State did not have the height to handle LSU, who has a lot of big physical players, but they kept trying to go for the three ball. And it's like, well, you're shooting these low percentage shots. All of your guys are cold, but the guys who go up in the paint are getting the fouls that they need and getting those shots. Why aren't you taking advantage of that? I mean, I you know, Iowa State gets 20 fouls in this game. So they're in the double bonus both times in the first and second half. Why are you not going for that for that paint shot? And it's just bad bad play by by LSU. There's also I mean, there was a point where the the coach, the interim coach gets a, gets technical 
and I'm not even sure why. I mean, he barely steps out of the box. He's being very cordial with the refs. I didn't understand that call. And then also the players were just being complete divas, just being really lippy with the refs the entire game, focusing on what happened 15 seconds ago rather than focusing on getting the ball onto the other side of the court and getting turnovers because Iowa State is taking advantage of them being lippy. So really frustrating game. Shouldn't have had LSU winning this. You know, it definitely shouldn't have taken them against the spread. Minus four, just a bad call in general. So hand up on that one. Now let's move on to the B button takes. I already talked about Iowa State being bad still, so they're going to lose in the next round. It's not going to be close. But let's talk about Villanova. I had said that Villanova would win by 10, probably wouldn't dominate in this game against Delaware. And they did do pretty well. I'm going to give them the credit where it's due. They looked fantastic. That said, Delaware made this game kind of kind of tight. If they didn't shoot as many three-pointers as they did and just stuck with their points in the paint, I think that Delaware could have upset Villanova very easily here. The only reason that Delaware lost is because they were 15% from the three-point line. They were three of 20. Points in the paint-wise, I mean, more than half of their points come from inside the paint. I, I mean, they had an advantage there. And then they had several turnovers that they just needed to get rid of. I mean, Villanova scored 16 points on the turnovers there. So just a really unfortunate overall round for Delaware. But again, I'll give Villanova the credits due. However, they still didn't really impress me. This is Delaware we're talking about. This is a Villanova team that has a lot of hype, a lot of excitement going behind it. They did not impress me and look good on both sides of the ball like some of these other teams that I have going further out. So I don't think Villanova is still a threat. I think they probably win against Ohio State, but we'll get to those predictions later. And then the last B-button take is Wisconsin. I had Wisconsin winning, and you know they did win by seven points. But this, this bet pushes. I had Wisconsin minus seven, and the reason I had them is because I thought they would be better on the defensive side of the ball. Colgate does a really good job here, and I'm going to give them the credit where it's due. This, this game is close the entire way through until, you know, the last five minutes, Wisconsin finally starts to get a little bit of a lead, and they really screw over the betting community. If you had Wisconsin minus seven, you really hate Colgate right now because there's four seconds left, and they shoot, you know, dumpster shots. They were, you know, Wisconsin up by nine, this bet's clearly going to hit, and then with four seconds left, they do a run, a little force the foul kind of action just to, just to get some extra points. If they were aware of the spread, who knows? The point is, is that Wisconsin should have won this game by nine. So my B-button take, Wisconsin didn't show as strongly as I wanted, but Johnny Davis did really well. He had a good good showing. Got to give it to him. He kind of wins them this game. And still looking forward for Wisconsin to win against Iowa State. It's not going to be close. But Wisconsin looks good on both sides of the ball. They take advantage of the turnovers, which is, which is huge. Um, and a lot of points in the paint, 34 points in the paint. So good for Wisconsin. I'm sure they will do great in their next game. And now on to the lucky few takes. And when I mean lucky few, I mean there's a lot of them. So there are going to be a lot of good things that come out of my last episode because I was a little bit on the money on some of these, not to brag, but we'll talk through each, starting with Texas Tech against Montana State. Texas Tech right now looking like the best, most overall rounded team other than maybe Tennessee, obviously. And those are the two people I have in the finals. So as long as those two teams continue to look solid, I'm a happy person. Texas Tech wins 97 to 62. This game is not even close from the start. Texas Tech shooting 60% from the three-point line, 67% in field goals. The only weakness of their game today was their free throws, where they shot 13 of 19, 68%. That's the weakest part of their game. They have rebounds out the wazoo. 
tons of assists. They're spreading the wealth. No player has more than like 20 points. They've got points in the paint, 38. They really know how to work in the paint. They're very physical. A lot of points off turnovers, a lot of fast break points. They just looked great all around. This team is primed to win. They they have the defense necessary to handle teams like Gonzaga, like Arkansas, whoever is going to come out from that side of the bracket. So I'm very confident in this Texas Tech team going forward. Covering the minus 15 and a half, by the way. Next game, Notre Dame and Alabama. I had Notre Dame destroying Alabama by double digits. That's what I said last time on this podcast. I, I didn't think Alabama was that good this year. I respect Nate Oates. I think he's a decent coach, and I like his coaching philosophy. However, his percentages game is not going to work when he doesn't have the talent to do it. And that showed when they were 8 of 24 from the three-point line and were trying to use three-pointers as a crutch to get back into the game. When their strength was in their offensive rebounds and their points in the paint. They score 34 points in the paint, and they're getting more offensive rebounds than Notre Dame, so you would think they could just go right back up. Well, no. Alabama decides as soon as you get the offensive rebound, you go right back out to your three-point shooter who is going to inevitably miss because you're shooting less than 35%. Alabama doesn't have a good strategy there. They don't have the talent that they had uh, last year going into the tournament, and Notre Dame is just a good team. Notre Dame shoots 62% from the three-point line, 54% in field goals, 91% in their free throws, which look great. They get a lot of points in the paint. They've got awesome big men. This team is actually kind of scaring me a little bit. I have them losing in the next round, and you know we'll get into that game later. They look good. Notre Dame looks really, really good. But I think that the, the endurance is going to catch up with them. I mean, their big guys were getting hit left and right. Atkinson looks great. Played 35 minutes, though. Didn't get a lot of sitting time. Hub as well, 35 minutes. And then Lazowski or the other big guy, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but he he played fantastic, hit a lot of three-pointers. These guys are going to be tired, and I don't know if they're going to be able to withstand what they've got coming in the next round. All right, let's talk about the next one, Illinois. I hit this one pretty on the money, threaded the needle once again. Had Illinois winning the game outright against Chattanooga, but Chattanooga covering the seven and a half. Illinois is down the entirety of this game. There was not one minute, not one second, where they're up in this game all the way until there's only two minutes left. Chattanooga looked great. They had a great defense going on. Quite frankly, Illinois had a terrible offense throughout this entire game. They shot 18% from the three-point line. They were three of 17 and 59% from the free throw line, 13 of 22. This game should not have been as close as it was. What bails out Illinois is that in the end, they're getting they're getting turnovers, where they're getting they're getting fast break points, where you know the defense on Chattanooga is not resetting. Chattanooga basically fouls themselves into trouble, forcing more and more free throws. And you know Illinois finally comes through. But if you look at the stats, I mean. Kofi Coburn hits 5 out of 10 of his free throws. That's not all that impressive. Uh, Frazier is 0 of 5 from a 3-point line and 0 of 6. I mean, he had the worst game of them all, and he played 32 minutes. You know, they, they rely a lot on, you know, Plummer was their only guy who's shooting any threes tonight. I'm scared for this Illinois team. I have them beating Houston in the next round on my bracket. But I think they got the nerves out of the way. I think they just needed to win this game. Chattanooga was a very good team defensively. And, you know, they played with a lot of heart. I think Illinois, this was kind of, they needed this little scare. 
and they'll come out swinging next time, and I think they, they still will beat Houston. So threaded the needle on Illinois. I was very happy about that. Next one, Purdue and Yale. This game, I also had called for Yale to just kind of lay it, lay it down. Didn't play well at all. Scored 56 points. Purdue destroyed them, had 78 points. And I think a lot of that was Yale was not expecting to win this game. They did not really... I didn't think they showed that much effort in this game. They, like the fact that they're shooting fifty percent from free throws, you know, they're not getting any rebounds. You know, they're getting out rebounded basically fifty percent higher by Purdue. They don't have any points in the paint, which is partly because of how good Purdue's defense is, but also partly because they're they're just trying to play lazy perimeter game to try and get some three pointers and maybe get lucky against Purdue and outscore them that way. I just don't think Yale thought they were going to win this game. You know, they're they're like I said before. The high of their season was playing Princeton. These guys were not expected. They did not think they were going to beat Purdue. And Purdue just basically trampled over them the entire game. So had that, which is nice getting that Purdue minus 16.5 spread. And next one, Houston and the Jelly Fam. UAB had a lot of hype. This was a very, very popular upset of the 12-5. to And I had Houston... Big time, winning double digits, demolishing them the entire time. And that's exactly what they did. This game was never close. Houston wins by 14 points in the end and just absolutely demolishes Jelly Fam. It was, I'm going to a lot of puns here. It was jarring to see how bad Jelly Walker played. I mean, it was jam-packed with missed shots. He had 6 of 18 for his field goals. He was 1 of 10 in three-pointers. So last jelly pun, you can't jelly the ball down Houston's throat. You can only jam it down their throat, and that's not what they did. They sucked. It was not even close the whole time. UAB showed a piss-poor performance as to what they were expected. Everybody was on UAB to win this game because of their triple overtime great game that they had in the conference championship, but they just they couldn't face Houston's defense. There was no way that they were going to get in there and, and show any sort of accuracy at the three-point line. Houston has a great perimeter defense there. So this was a fun game to watch just to see Jelly Walker, who I love watching. I mean, he's a very entertaining guy, but I mean, he just totally broke down when the tournament when the tournament started. So unfortunate for Jelly Walker. Gotta feel bad, but at the same time, uh, my pick there was pretty accurate. So I'm happy. Next one, we got Wright State versus Arizona. Wright State keeps in this game the whole time. They don't stop fighting. I had yesterday's podcast, I had Wright State covering the 21 and a half. They did just that. You know, you've got to feel good for the underdog to at least put up a fight against Arizona. Arizona was usually ahead by about, you know, 13 points, but uh, Wright State kept it in. So I was happy to see that, that that played out that way. Next one, Auburn. Like I said, I knew I thought Auburn was going to cover this spread. They did it so pretty easily. Uh, Jacksonville State gave them a little bit of trouble at the beginning, but at the end of the day, it's just a different caliber game. It's not that Auburn is all that good. It's that Jacksonville State... You know, as tough as they played, they're just not on the same level. Their conference is just not anywhere close to as good as a lot of the other conferences. So I had Auburn uh, winning and covering that spread, which was nice, winning by 20 points. But Jacksonville State put up a good fight. Give them the credit. Give them the respect they deserve. Next one, TCU and Seton Hall. This game was not even close. This was a fun one to watch as well. I mean, TCU just demolishes them on both sides of the ball. Seton Hall scores 42 points in this game. TCU 69 points, really good showing for TCU. Didn't even show that crazy impressive of statistics. It wasn't like they had a 70% three-point shooting night. They only shot 40%. They only shot 10 three-pointers. Uh, a lot of this game was played in the paint. I mean, this was 
a lot of rebounding done by TCU, a lot of hustle. 40 points out of their 69 were in the paint. A lot of second chance points, a lot of points on turnovers. They were really good on both sides of the ball. Not necessarily doing a great job at the three-point line, but doing a great job at you know the physicalness gameplay, which is exactly what I thought TCU would do. They're a very physical team. They have been from the start, and I think they're going to give some trouble going into the next round. The final game is a very special one, and I'll, I'll just leave it with this. Miami dominates this entire game, and you know USC has a very good comeback in the second half. But Miami was up thirty, I think thirty-one to twenty at halftime. USC not showing a good performance. You know they started playing decently in the paint, uh, where they were getting a lot of their points and had some decent shooting in the second half. Miami's weakness was their three pointers. They were one of fourteen, which was seven percent. So they did not do well at their three point game. But they shot their free throws really well, had 20 points from their free throws, a lot of points in the paint, um, and a lot of points on turnovers. Turnovers are what really screwed USC over in this game. They had 18 turnovers, which is insane. And so obviously you're going to have a lot of points on those turnovers. And USC kind of messed themselves up and, and screwed themselves over and kind of just couldn't dig themselves out of the deficit they were had. They, they did have a comeback, and they were up on Miami at one point, but Miami was just able to close it out. Mobley does a decent job defensively, but scores 11 points. It was all about the U. It was always about the U. So, and that's it for the games for the round one. Overall record, if you're counting, uh, I went 11-3-2 in my picks, which is decent. 79% better than yesterday, so We'll take that. The only other game uh, that I hadn't mentioned was the Duke and uh, C.S. Fullerton game. Duke beats them with no trouble. Williams has a really good game, Mark Williams. 10, 10 blocks, and there were 40 points in the paint scored. So a lot of that being contributed to Williams, of course. He looked fantastic, so I'm sure he'll do well in the next game as well. Now on to the I don't know shit picks, because I have no idea what's going to happen in this next round. Although I'm feeling pretty good after today's picks. I usually don't do as well in the first round. It's a lot about these later rounds once you've seen where the talent is at. So let's look at some of these games. Let's start off with Notre Dame and Texas Tech. Notre Dame has been playing fantastic. Texas Tech is favored by seven here. I'm going to take Texas Tech minus seven. I think they win double digits. Notre Dame, while a great team, is not as physical as I would like them to be against Texas Tech, which is a very, very physical team. So I'm going to have Texas Tech winning this game uh, minus seven. I think that the spread will tell you a lot. I think people thought it would be a closer spread. Notre Dame is going to be the pick for a lot of people here, which is exactly why you're going to take Texas Tech. The sports books are going to make a killing on this game, and you're not going to be one of those suckers. So take Texas Tech minus seven there. Next game I've got is the Miami and Auburn game. Miami is the underdog by seven and a half points. They did fairly well in this game. You know, I was happy to see them win against USC. I love Miami. We'll root for them any day that they're not playing UNC. This is going to be a tough game. They shot, like I said, 7% from the three-point line. That's not going to fly against Auburn. However, since it's all about the U and because I don't think that they would repeat that 7%, I'm going to take Miami plus 7.5 here. I think Auburn is 
where the money is going to be for most of it. I want Miami plus seven and a half. However, I do have Auburn winning the game outright. We're going to try to thread the needle here again and see if that works. I think Miami keeps it close. They probably lose in the last couple minutes, though. Auburn does have Walker Kessler, which Miami has one tall guy. Not necessarily talented enough to challenge Walker Kessler, but I think that it will at least be a close game. So I'll take Miami plus seven and a half Auburn money line. Next game I've got is Ohio State and Villanova. Ohio State had a, a pretty decent showing against Villanova. Villanova favored by five and a half here. That line should tell you a lot, considering that Ohio State only made one free throw out of 15, or sorry, one three-pointer out of 15 shots, which is basically 7%, just like Miami. Ohio State is having some troubles in the shooting shooting area, and Villanova has a fairly good interior defense. So I'm going to take Villanova minus five and a half here. I don't think that uh, Ohio State is going to be able to handle it. I think they're a very wish-washy team. I know this is a kind of a chalk pick. I, pro- I probably should take Ohio State here. I think a lot of people will be on Ohio State, though. I'm going to have Villanova uh, with the minus 5.5. I think they probably show up. Actually, you know what? Fuck that. I'm having Ohio State plus 5.5. I think they keep this game close. I think this is down-to-the-wire game. Ohio State has shown that they can hang. They've beaten decent teams in the regular season. I'm probably just not giving them enough credit. And they've got some of their star players back that got injured. Key got an ankle injury against Maryland in like week five or something like that. And he's back and he's pretty decent. So I'm going to give Ohio State the credit they deserve. I'm going to give them plus five and a half. I have Villanova winning in the bracket. However, take Ohio State for a close game. Five and a half. See that? I'm an honest, an honest picker. Most people wouldn't wouldn't uh, keep in that they're switching. They would probably edit that crap out. The next game I have, I'm having to like look at sketch websites in order to find these lines because some of these games just finished and the lines haven't really been posted yet, is Houston and Illinois. This game's going to be a very difficult one. Houston's actually favored four and a half here. Not surprising given Illinois' kind of poor performance uh, earlier today against Chattanooga, but I think that Illinois does have the pieces to beat Houston. If they can get their shooting down, which is a big if, they win this game. Houston is good, but I don't think they have a good answer to Kofi Coburn. If he can get just beyond the money, I think Illinois wins this game. The money line's looking pretty nice. It's one plus 155 right now. So I'm actually going to take Illinois to win this game outright. Take Illinois. All the money's on Houston. They look too good against UAB. That's where the eyes are. Everyone and their mother is going to be on Houston. Everyone hates Illinois. Take Illinois. They're going to win this game outright and show why they're the higher seed and why they shouldn't have been knocked out against Loyola Chicago last year. So I'm going to take Illinois there. That's a really rough pick for me, but I'm going to do it anyways. Next one we've got is Michigan State and Duke. Duke favored by 6.5. I think this is a fairly easy pick. Take Duke minus 6.5. I don't think Michigan State has a shot here. Coach K is going to flex on Tom Izzo because they have a decent rivalry going on, especially when Michigan State took out Duke when Duke had Zion Williamson on their team. I think that Duke is going to have a little bit of uh, tournament revenge there. I'm going to take Duke minus 6.5. I hate Duke. I don't like Coach K, but you got to respect him. Minus 6.5, Duke is an easy pick. Next game is Iowa State and Wisconsin. I'm very, very concerned with this line. It has Wisconsin favored by three points only which makes no sense at all whatsoever. And my system is, if it makes absolutely no sense, it probably means you should bet the other side. So 
Iowa State is only f three point underdogs. Jeez, this is a tough one. I don't think that that's a, a good line in in the slightest. I don't know if they think that Iowa State has just found something, or if they think that Wisconsin's just not all that good. This Iowa State team's just not good. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fall for that crap. Wisconsin minus three, take it. Either this is just easy money, or I'm a sucker. So. I'm going to take Wisconsin minus three. I don't think that's a fair line in the slightest. Iowa State, watch. They'll probably win the game. and I'm going to be kicking myself. But, you know, I said the same thing about Providence and South Dakota State, and I'm not going to fall for that again. So I'm going to go with Wisconsin. My gut says that Wisconsin is the better team here, that Iowa State's not all that good. I'm going to take Wisconsin minus three. Next game is, uh, and last game, is TCU and Arizona. I've got... Arizona favored by nine and a half here. I think TCU keeps it close. I'm going to go with TCU plus nine and a half. I don't think they win the game. Arizona just has a little bit too good of a shooting presence, but TCU does keep these games close. They're a very, very physical team. They're going to keep it rough. They're going to keep it dirty. I like that, but I don't think that they win the game outright. So take TCU plus nine and a half, and that's it for Sunday's games. I hope those predictions help. You know, hopefully we can keep this winning record going and we'll see how that goes in tomorrow's awesome Saturday slate. See you next time.